It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on the Guy Benson Show on this Monday. GuyBensonShow.com is our website. The podcast is always free. And we will be in Florida for the rest of the week, including Tallahassee. The next few days, we will be sitting down with Governor Ron DeSantis. You'll want to hear that interview here on the show tomorrow. So on Friday, we had a conversation here about producer Christine finally getting a Twitter, a Twitter account, a Twitter handle. We had a discussion about what the options might be for the Twitter handle. We put an online poll up on Twitter for you all to weigh in, and there was a winner, which was Cookie Jar which I believe was Wyatt's idea. So that was the winning option. Now, at Cookie Jar was already taken. So producer Christine had to slightly tweak the handle, but she has created an account. It is at Cookies Jar. So the plural of cookies, Jar, 1988, which, of course, is the year of her national aerobics championship. That's another story. But... At Cookies Jar 1988. And you'll know that it's her. She doesn't have that blue check mark just yet. But you can verify that it's her by checking out her avatar, which is producer Christine in a hot dog costume. We've told that story before. She'll tell it to anyone, to strangers on the streets. That's how embarrassed, quote unquote, she was. So that's from a few years ago. Christine in a hot dog outfit. And then the backdrop photo on her account page is poor, sweet carousel up in heaven. Up in the clouds with a rainbow. We all know what she did to carousel. So we've got at Cookies Jar 1988. Welcome to Twitter, producer Christine. How excited are you? I've seen no tweets so far. When are you going to grace us with your first tweet? I think think I'm going to do it after the show. I think it's time, right? I was going to tweet at you saying, hi, bestie, I'm here. Okay, so I very rarely use the mute function on Twitter, but that might be a good opportunity for me to add to my list, my short list of those muted. We'll see. I'm not I'm not making that threat yet. I'm just saying it's always a possibility. So at Cookies Jar 1988, could perhaps one of your first ever tweets, Christine, be about this news that came out over the weekend This was at a show in London Saturday night. Your very favorite, Phil Collins, in front of a packed house, delivered this bulletin, Cut 31. Tonight is a very special night. Of course, we're playing in London, and uh, it's the last stop of our tour. It's the last show for Genesis. Oh. Oh. It's the last show for Genesis. It's the end of the road, he said. And you could hear the crowd reacting with disappointment. 
because they were all, of course, there to see Genesis and to hear Phil Collins himself say, that's it, we're done. Obviously not something that they were all eager to hear, but that's what he announced. You are a huge fan of his. We've talked about this before. Did this ruin your weekend? You have a theory that maybe it's not the worst news because he could continue solo touring. How are you grappling with what happened? So I'm trying to wrap my mind around this. Of course, this is devastating because I would have loved to see him touring with Genesis. Um, I have not. I've seen Phil about six times, six or seven times, but I've never seen him tour with Genesis. So what I'm thinking is if you heard what he said, he said this was his last show with Genesis. I'm hoping, now his condition doesn't look great, if you saw the video or if you've seen pictures of him. I was looked, actually kind of taken aback. He he has definitely aged substantially in recent years. Yes. Uh, he's got a lot of health issues going on. He can't even drum. His son, Nick, actually is the drummer for Genesis and for him on his solo tours now. Who And his son is unbelievable. Amazing. But he can't, he can't even hold drumsticks. And he can't even stand really during a show. He sits down, which is fine because the voice is there. I'm hoping that maybe we can get one more solo tour out of him. Like a farewell tour, just him. Yes, he's done farewell tours before, obviously. But, yeah, just like if I could just get one more show in. Maybe I'll tweet him, actually. Oh, good idea. I'm going to use my Twitter account. I'm going to tweet at him. All right, at Cookies Jar 1988 might convince him to do just one more round of shows. If you knew it was his last show ever, for sure, done after that night, how much would you pay to be there? I honestly, I, whatever the, the cost for whatever the first five rows would be, or even the first 10, whatever it would cost, I would, I would go. I would, I would even not care if someone wasn't like, I love Bobby. and I, I would, would suggest that you could like sell your house or something, but you've already done that. <laughs> um, I, I would give up my Botox money that I'm saving. For these tickets, I would probably spend a, a decent amount of money on this ticket. And like I said, I wouldn't care if I had to go by myself just to be in that, you know, first 10 rows. It, it, it's a must. I'd have to. Have Another to. topic that I want to get to with you before we run out of time, and of course we open the show with it as well. It is not the most important thing happening in the world. I think we can all hopefully agree on that. However, everyone is talking about the melee at the Oscars last night. I was not watching. I don't really watch these award shows. They are boring to me. If something interesting happens, I can find it on YouTube. And something interesting happened last night with Will Smith and Chris Rock, and everyone has their different take. And I know you have strong feelings, producer Christine. You haven't tweeted about them yet, at CookiesJar1988. But what is your hot take on what happened? I'm so, so disappointed in Will. And guess what? This is so great. I'm going to let him know that. I'm going to tweet at him as well. First, I'll tweet Phil, and then I'll let Will know what's up here. And what's up is Cookie Ain't Happy. You can't be doing that. You can't be resorting to physical violence. Trust me, I get angry. I'm from Jersey, and I'm Italian. I'm a hothead. But I don't go around hitting people. So... 
Um, Will, you dropped major points in my book. And the next time I take a trip to Miami and I get on that airplane, I'm not going to sing to the pilot anymore that I'm going to Miami, which I normally do. That's a true story. That's your one-woman protest Mm -hmm. against what you saw there. Did you actually watch it as it happened? I did. My husband and I were watching it, and... I thought, because Bobby had just set up the TVs in our new apartment, and I thought he did something wrong to the TV because it just went silent. And I thought something, it was kind of like the Sopranos moment. Remember that last scene? where Yeah, the, so people were like, wait, what just happened? Yes. Oh, what they were doing was they were cutting the audio out because there was a lot of cursing happening. Do you think the joke was out of bounds, or does it not matter? I don't think the joke was, first of all, I don't even think it was a good joke. And I definitely don't think that Chris Rock probably knew that she had alopecia and it was really Oh, sensitive. yes, he did. That was the whole point of the joke. That, I he don't absolutely think knew so. that. I don't think so. I don't yes, think so. That was the whole joke. That was the whole joke, Christine. <sighs> but to me, it doesn't matter, as we talked about earlier. But you are points off for Will Smith, is what it sounds like. And you will let him know as much on your Twitter feed, which is brand new as of today. By popular demand, at Cookies Jar 1988. You can go see Cookie there in her little hot dog outfit and see all of her pearls of wisdom. And more importantly, you can respond to her. Be nice, though. Back here tomorrow from Tallahassee, Florida. It'll be the Guy Benson Show with special guest, Governor Ron DeSantis. My one-on-one is Tuesday. You don't want to miss that. On the Guy Benson Show, have a great night. We will talk to you then. Back with an abbreviated home stretch on the Guy Benson Show. We are in Florida, the capital city here in this state, Tallahassee. We just wrapped up that lengthy and wide-ranging interview with the governor here, Ron DeSantis, a Republican. And we just sat at his desk for more than half an hour. And I was very pleased to bring you really an array of questions and answers from someone that we've talked about so much here on the show, finally got a chance to spend some time with him. And I hope that you found that interview elucidating, illuminating, informative, and maybe entertaining at times. I really enjoyed it. And if you missed any of it, you can go get it on the free podcast. The entire show, every day, on demand, totally free, no charge to you. GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcasts.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we don't have a ton of time here at the end of the show because we went so long with the governor, who is very generous with his time today. But I do want to bring in... Curious Christine here in the home stretch because she has been dying to ask all sorts of questions about today and this meeting. So, Christine, what are you most curious about now that you've heard the interview? Um, did you give him my my new Twitter handle? You know, it slipped my mind at Cookies Jar 1988. I probably should maybe I should like write a little note and have left it on his desk and he could immediately follow you. <laughs> I have to say, guy. That interview was unbelievable. You did, and you know me, I'm not one to often give many, many compliments, but you did such an amazing job, and he is such an impressive governor, and you could tell he means business. Now, were you nervous uh, when he was walking in? Did you did you feel pressure, or did you just think, okay, I mean, I'm Guy Benson, here I go? Um, I Definitely a little bit of nervous energy. I'd done my preparation. I thought a lot about the interview on the plane and the flight down here yesterday. And, yeah, it's, I mean, the fact that the governor's invited you to his house 
to chat for 30 minutes about basically anything you want to. It's going to be on national radio. I wanted to do a good job. As I've mentioned now a few times, we talk about him, his policies, his controversies, his enemies a lot on this show. We've never had him on. I've only met him once before very briefly. This was obviously a much longer opportunity to sit with him. And actually tonight, I'll be at a dinner off the record with him and a number of other people from the media, right-leaning folks. So we can maybe touch on that tomorrow, although the substance of the conversation tonight will be off the record as opposed to what we just all heard, which was on the record with Governor DeSantis. Not too nervous. He did walk in and shake my hand, and he looked around. He's like, are you just by yourself? You're like a one-man band in your equipment? And I said, yeah, it's just me. And he was expecting a producer. Had to explain, yeah, she's in New York. It's probably for the best. That's another thing. I mean, don't you think it would have it would have been great if I was there just to get to... You think he would have chilled with me for a little bit? Hung out? Talk, I'm not sure he does shop? a lot of chilling, period. Like, he is scheduled chock-a-block. And he had an event right before our interview. There was a press conference. He had people waiting for him when he left. He's got this dinner tonight. And I bet a few other things in between. He is no nonsense. It is just go, go, go with Governor DeSantis here in Florida. We got a little bit of a taste of that here on the program today. Back tomorrow from Tallahassee. No DeSantis on the show tomorrow, but we'll have a great one as usual. Same time, same place. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you then. It is The Guy Benson Show. Have a great night. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show on this Wednesday, and we are going to hightail it out of here to the airport and head down to sunny South Florida and Miami. For the rest of the week, I've got some engagements down there, and we'll be doing the show from Miami, which is all the rage right now, all the hotness down there, Thursday and Friday, just remaining in the Sunshine State. We were here in Tallahassee, of course, for our interview yesterday, and then our dinner with Governor Ron DeSantis. The interview, by definition, was on the record. You all heard it. If you missed any of those 30-plus minutes, you can catch yesterday's podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. The entire interview is also posted in a separate post at GuyBensonShow.com. But for the podcast, it is GuyBensonShow.com, option number one, FoxNewsPodcasts.com, option number two, or, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, on to the dinner portion of the evening. This is where producer Christine was, like, blowing up my phone with questions. And there's only so many answers I can provide because it was strictly off the record in terms of the content of the conversation. I'll say this, at first they told us by email that they were gonna be confiscating our cell phones before we all go in to make it really, really off the record. And that's happened to me a few times before. I remember we had an event with Secretary Pompeo, a dinner, and They ask people to surrender their cell phones at the door. It's not that uncommon for off-the-record settings. You don't want people, like, surreptitiously recording stuff. Of course, that would be very unethical. No one was going to do that. But they ended up not taking our cell phones at all. I guess they just trusted us to keep the content of the discussion around the table and afterwards to ourselves. We will do that. We will honor that, of course, here. But maybe there are some ancillary details that Christine is wondering about that I can actually help with. So, all right, Curious Christine, we did not give you nearly enough time yesterday because the DeSantis interview took up nearly the entire hour. So you've got a backlog, I'm sure, of questions. So we might as well get rolling here. 
Well, so let's start off with you went to the same place that you interviewed him, right? You were at the mansion? Correct. And when when you're walking in, is he standing there greeting everybody? Like, no, hey, so, guy, what's up? So actually, here's what happened just on the timeline. I met Mary Catherine Ham, my very, of course, very close friend, who was staying at my hotel. She and I were both going to this dinner. Down in the lobby at the hotel, I had ordered an Uber. And right before the Uber was going to arrive, like two minutes away, the driver canceled. <gasps> And the next Uber was 26 minutes away. Oh. Yeah. And so I'm looking at Mary Catherine. She's on her phone looking to see if maybe she could find a closer Uber, maybe a Lyft or something like that. We're not panicking, but we didn't want to be super late. Then someone walks right past us, and I sort of recognize him, I think. So I go around the corner, out the door, and in fact it is my friend from childhood, Seth Dillon, who runs the Babylon Bee. He's been on this show a few times. He was also in town in Tallahassee for this dinner. He also had ordered an Uber, but it was on the way. It was like four minutes away. So I said, is there any way we can jump in with you here? He said, oh, yeah, no problem. So we canceled our other Uber. Thank goodness for this, although we were by no means the last people to arrive. I think there was a universal issue with Ubers in this city last evening. So we showed up. They escorted us through. They wanded us through security. The governor's mansion itself is really picturesque and quite pretty. And you walk into the sort of main hallway and you make a right, and that's where the house opens up. And there were some staff members there from the campaign side, from the official office side. There was someone passing around hors d'oeuvres. There was a cheese plate. There was a bar. Mm -hmm. I knew this would be very interesting to you, Producer Christine. Mm -hmm. There was a, a bar with lots of things. So they had... Red wine, white wine, a few beers, and then some makings for various cocktails. Like a Cosmo? I'm not sure if they could have had a Cosmo ready for you based on some of those ingredients, but I had a gin and tonic in case you were curious. And then probably five minutes after we got there, we were all shaking hands, saying hello. Let's see. Clay Travis was there. Buck Sexton was there. Uh, There's a guy from The Blaze who was there who was super nice. And that might have been it. Ali Stuckey was there. It was a good group. And then, of course, some people on DeSantis's various teams. So we were all chatting, and his team was talking about our interview because they had all heard it. I think that they were uh, very pleased with how it went, although they said there were substantive questions that they almost never get from the media on actual issues. And so I think they appreciate that, even though it wasn't all just, you know, rainbows and butterflies and me blowing kisses for 30 minutes. We got into some serious stuff. I think they actually appreciated that. That comes with the job. So then DeSantis rolls in, and he's not super tall. He's maybe about 5'11", maybe 6 feet tall. He's not a huge, imposing figure, but he does totally command a room. He's got a big, booming voice. He starts immediately poking fun at Mary Catherine as a Georgia Bulldog fan and a grad saying, I don't think we let Georgia people into the governor's mansion in Florida because of that rivalry back and forth. (laughs) But then, of course, he had to admit that they won the national championship, so he didn't really have much uh, trash to talk. And then we just all kind of hung out for a cocktail hour, chatted amongst ourselves. It wasn't like a huge, giant circle going around. We never went around and introduced everyone formally. It just kind of happened But when he came out, were there hugs and kisses? Like, did you run up and be like, Ron, just saw each other? No, like, no, because hugs? I... 
I, I would have hugged him. Yeah, see, the thing is, I'm a classy, appropriate person. So I did not bound up to the governor and say, remember me from earlier today? <laughs> I just played it cool. I shook his hand. Good to see you, governor. Thanks for the interview earlier. It just aired. Really appreciate it. He said, oh, yeah, it was great. And he was just, you know, glad handing around the room, as a politician would do. And at some point, maybe 45 minutes into it, the doors open up into this pretty grand dining room with a large table, I would guess, for 20 people, something like that. And we had assigned seating. I had my little nameplate. I took a photo of it, and I posted it on my Instagram story. If people are curious, they can see it. I think it's still up there for a few more minutes, at Guy P. Benson. That's my handle on Instagram. Please follow me. Also, Twitter, same handle, Guy P. Benson. Who did you sit next to? I sat next to his campaign manager on one side and Mary Catherine Ham on the other side. Ah, so, so they that knew was you were, fun. They knew you were besties. And I was across the table from DeSantis, sort of off a little bit to the left, maybe appropriately. And he just held forth there for the entire dinner. And it was, you know, off the record so people could ask anything, and people did. And he had some, you know, candid assessments of stuff here and there. He gave us some inside scoop from his perspective on the campaign. 2022, looking at other races around the country. There were some laughs. I had one joke that went over very well. I can't tell it because oh. I can't. You know, I just can't. But it went over very well. So then at one point, I believe his press secretary, or his, it was maybe his comms director actually, stood up and said, so sorry, we actually have to grab the governor real quick. I thought the evening was over because we'd been there a decent amount of time. So no, no, he's got a Tucker interview. So we have to take him off to the governor's office, which is this beautiful office in the residence, which is where he and I did our interview. And so I was familiar with that. They had all the lighting in there. They had the cameras because he was going to do a hit on Tucker Carlson tonight. So they kind of shepherded us out to the gardens while he did that. And then he joined us. You know, he did his thing, maybe took off the makeup five, six minutes later. After dinner drinks, they offered us cigars. They're like, these are the best cigars because they're Cuban quality, but not from Cuba. It's all the exiles here who really know what they're doing. They're great Florida sort of Cuban cigars. I'm not a smoker, so I didn't take one. Uh, I might have had like another cocktail or a beer or something like that. And we just sort of lingered for a while chatting until folks had to leave. So in total, I was there for the better part of four and a half hours, something like that. And... It was great. Like, there were times where you could really talk to DeSantis a little bit, almost one-on-one or two- or three-on-one. It People had their own little groups and pods where they were chatting. It, it didn't feel stilted or anything like that. And I think everyone got a good amount of face time with him and with his staff. I was very grateful to be included. And I think I get him more as a person now than I did before, having never really met him. I met him one time in Palm Beach a few weeks ago for literally 30 seconds, which is when they invited me to this, and I had clearly a lot more opportunities here to talk with him on and off the record. Uh, Dinner menu? Can you talk about that? I think I can. It was really good. Uh, And kudos to the chefs. So I guess they have, like they have at the White House, a whole team of chefs. They have a head chef at the governor's mansion, and she came out. She's actually very beautiful and gave us a, a preview of what, was to come, and it was all served family style in order to facilitate a more natural conversation and not a formal, plated, coursed-out meal. And so the first course, I'm just doing this off the top of my head, was a Caesar salad with cornbread croutons. Ooh. 
Yeah, and I try to stay away from croutons just as like a lower carb thing, but not if they're cornbread. That was too good. So that was delicious. Then out came the main course, which was surf and turf. So they had mm. absolutely beautifully cooked beef tenderloin sliced on a huge platter. I mean, this is a large piece of beef, and they had one at each end of the table. Then they had some sort of a white fish over grits. Might have been grouper. Over grits with this gravy that was delicious. I mean, both of those dishes were amazing. And the whole thing did have a bit of a southern flair. Have you ever been to Tallahassee? I have not. I would I would have liked to have come yesterday. <laughs> it's now a that you southern it. city. And <laughs> the old cliche about Florida is true. The farther south you go, the further north you get. Because Tallahassee in the north is very much a southern city. But you don't really get southern charm necessarily in like Tampa, right? Or Palm Beach. It feels more like a northern type of environment. And so then they had green beans as a side and then two different desserts. I'm like, I'll just pick one or the other. It was a strawberry shortcake with basil, which was really good, and then a chocolate cheesecake. I said, I'll just do one. False, I did both. And then we went out for drinks afterwards. And I think that's all I can really tell you. I mean, from start to finish, the whole day sounds like a perfect day. Uh, Maybe next time, just, you know, think about bringing your producer. Yeah, I mean, we'll keep that in mind. We'll take that under advisement very much, and I'll just hand that request off to War Wyatt and see what he thinks. In the meantime, I got to go. Got to go to the airport heading to Miami tonight because we've got the show there Thursday and Friday. Looking forward to that. Talk to you tomorrow, same time, same place, on The Guy Benson Show. Homestretch, Guy Benson Show, GuyBensonShow.com, podcast always free. I think we're on day four, five of Slapgate. People still talking about what happened at the Oscars with Will Smith hitting Chris Rock on stage. I mean, people have played this clip so many times, and they've slowed it down in different angles. It's like the Zapruder film, just much less important. But are we going to talk about it again? You bet. I saw that O.J. Simpson weighed in on this. He posted a video on his Twitter feed, and he took a stab at it. He had a few thoughts. I thought it was actually a pretty sharp take from O.J., and he was blaming Will, saying he shouldn't have done it, Will Smith shouldn't have done it, but he understands the impulse. Because if there's one guy who always defends the honor of his wife, it's definitely O.J. Simpson, right? Yeah. I saw someone tweet, O.J. was probably disappointed in Will Smith because O.J. doesn't believe in such half measures. Chris Rock was doing a stand-up gig in Boston. He talked about it. It was on tape. Cut 15. I don't have, like, a bunch of (laughs) about what happened... So I became the hit at, I'm not, I had like a whole show I wrote before (laughs) this weekend, and I'm still kind of processing what happened, like at some point I'm talking about this (laughs) So basically, he's going to let the dust settle. And at some point down the line, he's going to do some material on it. And I am eager to hear that material. 
Now, separately but relatedly, I saw this on Twitter. And again, take this with a grain of salt. I've seen everything you can imagine. There was a poll that purported to show that by huge margins, every group of Americans across racial and demographic and political differences, all those divides basically disappeared on this, where the vast majority of people blamed Will Smith and a relative handful blamed Chris Rock. Then there was another poll claiming or purporting to show that most Americans blame Chris Rock. I really have trouble believing that one. And then there's Twitter data. I guess someone did sort of data aggregation. And they went state by state measuring, I guess, through some algorithm, sentiment of tweets about the incident. And the overwhelming number of states were siding with Chris Rock over Will Smith, but not all of them. So they have a map. And the red states on this map, as opposed to the purple states, are the ones apparently where at least Twitter sentiment was more on the side of Will Smith. And to call this imprecise science, I think, is a vast understatement. But it's interesting, so I'll just share it anyway. Plus, the stakes are very low, and it doesn't matter. So you've got, let's see here, South Carolina, New Hampshire, Iowa, actually all the uh, early presidential states, according to this, Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina are on Will Smith's side based on this metric. But also Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Alabama. If you did not hear your state mentioned in the list that I just ran down, that's because you are one of these purple states on the map, and you are on Team Chris Rock. And that includes the states where all of us here on Team Benson reside. I would love to know if this is anywhere close to true and why, because most of the states that are at least supposedly sympathetic toward Will Smith are pretty deep red states concentrated in the middle of the country and the south, except for New Hampshire. New Hampshire is always a little bit weird, and I say that with love. Right? They've got a strange streak to them. They're very independent. Maybe they said, oh, I see everyone else is going after Will Smith. Well, screw that. We're on his side. I don't know. But I am definitely firmly in the Chris Rock camp on this one. There's also video going around of Jada Pinkett Smith, Will's wife, her reaction, right? Her apparently offended reaction, and then laughing, and then clapping. Christine, you've been watching this far too much. What do you make of Jada's real-time reactions? It was either she was just being fake because there was a camera there, so she's like, let me just, you know, sit here and clap quietly and not make a scene because my husband's probably already done that. Or... Maybe she thought it was part of it. I, I really don't know. The the Smiths in as a whole confuse me now. And like I said, you know, in the beginning of the week, I am no longer a fan of Will. And I just think that he did such damage to his career, his reputation. I don't see how anybody could really be on his side. I mean, Chris Rock was telling jokes. And that's what happens at these ceremonies. That's what they're they're hired for. 
So um, I'm sure we're going to see Will Smith sitting at the, you know, the round table. What is it called? The red table that Jada does her her YouTube show. I don't I don't follow it. You don't follow the red table. I'm nope. shocked. I, I don't even know what that is. She does a show with her mother um, and they talk about a lot of things. And it's like an Internet show. Mm hmm. Oh, okay. And I'm yeah, sure Will will be on there crying and boohooing, and they're going to talk about their process of healing and what they've learned from this and uh-huh. try to Did move you on. hear the report that the Oscars asked him to leave after the incident happened, and he refused to? So because that, that yeah. was being reported earlier, and then I saw a contradictory report, I think from TMZ, saying, no, he was not asked to leave. He did not refuse to leave. They were considering it, but it was not something that they brought to him. I don't honestly know what to believe there, but obviously I think there's spin attempts and damage control on a lot of people's part right now. Yeah, so the latest right now that's fronting most of you know publications about this is saying that no, no, no one told him to leave. I have a feeling that's coming obviously from his camp. And that the the main show producer, Will Packer, had, had said to him, to Will Smith, no, you can stay. So I'm not sure. I mean, I don't see how the Academy could just come out and lie like that. I think there's probably a lot of confusion. Um, and this, we thought the story was going to end, but I think this has a shelf life. See, my initial reaction, seeing the clip on the internet, because as I mentioned on Monday, I wasn't watching, but... I saw the clip pretty soon after on the internet, and I was like, oh, this is fake, right? This is some sort of a bit. And that's obviously what the crowd in the hall thought, because Will Smith marches up there, and everyone's like, oh, and starts, you know, cheering. And then the slap is delivered, and I think you hear still clapping and laughing. People are still assuming, because it's a bunch of actors and, you know, entertainment, drama, whatever, they assume it's a bit, and that was still my assumption until Will Smith, very agitated and clearly angry, was screaming F-bombs back in his chair up at Chris Rock. That is when things got very awkwardly silent in the room, and that's when I was like, oh, maybe if this was scripted, I don't think this part would be in the script, so maybe this was real. And then, of course, it turned out, yes, it was real, but for a while... My gut was this was planned, and it was a stage slap and all of that, and, you know, apparently not. You weren't alone. Everybody thought this was probably staged. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. I didn't. I I knew right away. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this probably was not supposed to happen because the, immediately after that, they just hit the mute button. And I said, I don't think they would have done that for this long if this was supposed to be some sort of bit. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's why we have the dump button here on the show. You never Mm -hmm. know when Cookie's going to fly off the handle and we just hit a special magic red button, Wyatt's in control of it. He actually controls several big red buttons, and I hope he never confuses them, frankly. There's the Cookie dump button, then the nukes, right? So I think he's got that pretty well at hand, I hope. But, you know, we have that. Uh, real-time tool just in case, you know, it's maybe the happy hours start a little early on a Tuesday and you just decide to jump in and, 
yell at someone and go off in some way, we have protections against that here at the program. And obviously they did as well uh, on a much bigger stage at the Oscars, although at the rate that their ratings have been going, at least the overall trajectory, maybe we'll catch up with them at some point here, Christine. But I just am thankful for that technology. Um. <laughs> You've never had to, please, I don't want the boss to hear this right now and think that you guys have had to, Dan, can you please come on and say you've never had to dump me? I've, since I've been here, I've never had to dump Christine. I can, I can confirm that. Christine, are you claiming you've never been dumped? I find that hard to believe. Both. Never been dumped on air and never been dumped in real life. I'm the dumper. Every breakup was initiated by you? I'm the dumper. Every time? Every time. Wow, so Cookie never had her little heart broken. No, not really. I'm the heartbreaker. Yeah. Just ask Carousel. (laughs) We got to run. We're out of time. We're going to leave it right there. Back here tomorrow from Miami in Florida. It's the Guy Benson Show. We're almost to Friday. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening. Homestretch on this Friday. It's the Guy Benson Show. Happy Friday to you. If you've got a big weekend coming up, fantastic. Even if you don't, that's also fine. In fact, regardless, you should check out Bonus Benson. GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got bonus content Saturday and Sunday on the podcast, in addition to the new show every single day, Monday through Friday. One note on the sports side of things real quick. Tomorrow is the final four, and it's actually pretty amazing, one of these matchups. So both games are on TBS. The first game, the early game, starts at around 6 o'clock Eastern time, and it's a number one seed Kansas against number two seed Villanova. This is down in New Orleans. So those are two pretty hyped, well-known programs, of course, Kansas has had a lot of success. I will note that I was at a game at Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence, Kansas, this season. I saw them win, and I was also in Atlanta when the Braves turned their season around last year, went on to win the World Series. So let's just see what happens with Kansas. But I can say that 100% of the time that I have been to a game at Allen Fieldhouse, a home game for Kansas, 100% of the years where that has happened, they have gone to the Final Four at least just putting that out there. Not taking full credit, of course, you know, but I think it's important to be said. And then the late game is the one that has just all the storylines. And even if you get tired of the media talking about the Duke-UNC rivalry, which admittedly I sometimes do as well, it's like the Yankees-Red Sox of college basketball, the biggest rivalry. I'm a Yankees fan, so all that rivalry talk I enjoy because one of my teams is involved. But when it's not one of your teams, it's like, okay, we get it. It's a big rivalry, fine. But, I mean, even I have been totally sucked into this because, think about it, it's a second-seed Duke against an eight-seed North Carolina. And, by the way, when I said number one Kansas, number two Villanova earlier, I was talking about their seedings. This is a matchup in the Final Four of the two programs that make up, I think, the most bitter and high-profile rivalry in the sport, as I said. And add on top of it, it's not just that they're going head-to-head in the Final Four. And I know fans of both programs who can barely sleep 
not because they're excited, but because they're nervous. Like, the stakes are so high. Mary Catherine Ham wrote a piece about this. She's a Duke fan. She grew up in Durham. She's like, I can't even enjoy this. I am too nervous. The stakes are too high. I think she wrote that for OutKick. And Clay Travis, who I saw up in Tallahassee with Governor DeSantis this week, he said, your friends in North Carolina are not okay. They're basket cases if they're fans of either of these programs. And then atop all of that, which would be a huge deal under any circumstances, it's also the final season of Coach K. Mike Krzyzewski hanging it up after this season. This could be his final game or maybe not. Duke could advance to the national championship in his final season. North Carolina, the hated rival, they went into Cameron Indoor, which is the Duke arena, and beat Coach K and the Blue Devils in his final game ever coached in that building. UNC beat them. And all the Tar Heel fans were so excited about that and crowing about it. Well, here's an opportunity for epic revenge on an even bigger stage by Duke, Meanwhile, North Carolina has a chance to send Coach K out on losses, both in his own building and in the Final Four. Are you kidding? So that'll be just around 9 p.m. tomorrow night, and you bet I'll be watching that. In the meantime, back to nonsense here on the show. Producer Christine is new to Twitter. We rolled this out on Monday after we floated the idea last Friday. We put a poll up on Twitter. You all voted and her Twitter handle is at CookiesJar1988. And you can go back to Monday's home stretch on the podcast and listen to the significance there. CookiesJar1988. Christine, I see that you were already over 100 followers. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm pretty famous. Oh, are you drunk on power already? I mean, the numbers don't lie. Just go look. I'm looking right now. You have just over 100 followers. Pretty big. And you posted a photo, a smiling photo of yourself with Trey Yingst up near the studio yesterday in New York. And this photo apparently caused you to make a decision to change your profile already. Your Twitter handle will remain the same, at CookiesJar1988. Your background photo on the landing page is still sweet, poor, deceased carousel, you know, up, up in the sky. Uh, after what happened to her because of you, but your actual avatar of yourself is no longer your hot dog costume. What happened? Well, Guy, um, once I posted the picture of Trey Yingst and myself, uh, it started gaining a little traction, and then Trey saw it himself and uh, replied, and then it started gaining more traction, and then I realized last night, oh my gosh, Trey Yingst probably looked at who tweeted this and saw a girl and a hot dog. And that girl is the producer of the show he was just on. And I felt very You sound like Kamala Harris. That hot dog was me. That hot dog. That little hot dog was me. <laughs> little baby hot dog. Um, <laughs> and I just didn't, it wasn't sitting right. And honestly, I, I want the more mature side of Cookie to be shown on Twitter. So, so it's you hanging up a pony ornament on my Christmas tree instead. Yeah, I think we're getting in better. In honor of the pony that you had executed back in your childhood. Did not, did thing, not have Christina, her executed. She went to a family in the Amish country. I just want everybody no, to know. No, that, that was the, the cover-up story. But you're too late because here's the problem. On Monday, you created this Twitter account. On Tuesday, 
we were talking about it off the air. You remember where I was on Tuesday, Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. A certain governor of a certain state may or may not have seen and commented on your hot dog costume. I didn't want to tell you because I knew that you would probably change it immediately, but Ron DeSantis was just dunking on you. Yeah. Are you making this up right now? I'm not no, going to fall like, for it. It was the day after you launched this Twitter account, so I was showing his team, and he, like, peered over my shoulder, and I'm like, he's like, she works for you? I said, yeah, she, she runs the show. Yeah. She's the executive producer. I'm not falling for it. I'm not fall. Is this true? Please tell me it's not true. Please. Okay, fine. It's one last April Fool's. <laughs> Ron DeSantis, to my knowledge, did not see you in the hot dog costume. I'm going to let you share that with him the first time you meet him, because I know that's the first thing you'll do. Hey, Governor, thanks for coming on. By the way, this is so embarrassing, but look at this photo, because that's what you show everyone. Well, I know you're saying, oh, I have to take it off my Twitter because I'm so embarrassed. You're not embarrassed. You love it. I, I have to say there was a little embarrassment last night when I realized this was gaining some <laughs> traction. So, um, Trey Yanks will be, like, off reporting in a battlefield somewhere. And he'll see a tweet about himself, and he'll see who it's from, and it's this grinning lady in a hot dog costume with artillery booming all around him. Maybe not the best. I mean, I could also offer my producing services to him and say, I got your back. But something tells me he would take a pass. Yeah, I think a hard pass there from him. So I am enjoying Twitter. Um, I will need to come up with some more content. I'm going to think about this over the weekend of what I want to share with my fans. Um, I'm open to taking suggestions. And, uh, yeah, let's get this going. Now, tens of people cry out for your every thought. So you have a brainstorm, maybe some mama's juice. Although, here's a tip. Since you're new to all of this, you probably want to be very careful about tweeting after some mama's juice. Just, Ooh. like, put the app away at that time of night. It's just a pro tip. People get themselves into trouble, and you're a noob at this, and I want to make sure that you don't get actually canceled because we need you here. Why it's almost fully trained up to replace you, but not quite yet. So just hang what? on at least for a few more weeks. Oh, did I say that out loud? Oh, April Fool's, I, I think. We got to go. We're out of time. We are out of time, and that's no joke. Have a great weekend. Back here on Monday for the Guy Benson Show. Bonus Benson over the weekend, including the Sunday replay of the Ron DeSantis interview. That's all free at GuyBensonShow.com on the podcast. Have a fantastic few days. We will talk to you on Monday. It's the Guy Benson Show. It is Friday, April 1, 2022. First day of the month here on the Guy Benson Show, and I'm your host today, Christine, a.k.a. Cookie. I'm the producer of this very show and rapper extraordinaire. Guy Benson is off today, and finally, finally, he's given me permission to take the reins. So lucky you. You can listen to this show every weekday, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Guy Benson Show, coast to coast, and on demand for free on our podcast, GuyBensonShow.com. That's one spot for all of your program-related needs, GuyBensonShow.com. We're live today in New York City. It's a little bit of a gray and rainy day, but we're going to bring you nothing but brightness for the next three hours. Here's a lineup for today. Later this hour, I'm going to have Byron York, and I think we all know what we have to ask him. Is he still Team Chris or is he Team Will? We'll ask him. 
In the next hour, we have our chief romance and baby correspondent, Jessica Tarlov. She's going to be in studio with me, so I'm so excited for that. Me and her besties, we're going to just gossip and get the latest. And finally, in that last hour, we're going to have Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey, which is my home state. And we're going to get uh, the latest on the border crisis with uh, Congressman Chip Roy. So there's a lot to get to here on today's edition of The Guy Benson Show. But where do we begin always? Stats. Hit it. Fox News alert. The COVID stats for today. Christine. Uh, Christine. What are you doing? The COVID. Can I? Oh. Hi. Hi there. Yeah. My microphone, I've been trying to talk. My microphone has been down. What is going on? Dan, we will have a stern talking after the show. Christine, could you have gone on for three hours? 100%. (laughs) April fools, everyone. Christine is not hosting the show. This was her idea. I was uh, skeptical, but I think that was pretty good. Pretty good. Well done. Did you memorize that? Did you have it written down? I definitely did not memorize that. I may have went back and listened (laughs) to some of your intros and jotted some things down and practiced and practiced and a little stumble here and there. But I really feel like I definitely could have interviewed Byron York. And I still think you should probably ask him about Will or Chris and what how he feels. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take that under advisement uh, when we have Byron here later in the hour. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.